This is Christy Peterson Schoonover, author of Skeletons in the Swimming Hole, Tales from Haunted Disney World, and there's no wilder e-ticket ride than Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily! It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give you witchcraft. Overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talkcast 159. It's Star Trek Renegades Night here on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We would be asking many questions tonight. But the question tonight really is, what's the coolest thing about Star Trek? Joining the talk cast tonight are the usual suspects. Deep in Area 51 on sub-level 451, book-burning and fried green tomato body wrap pavilion. I'm the Dome. In the Revere Time Vortex, violent soundboard vixen and queen of petroleum byproducts, Kriana. I think we all know that we have to bow down to Wesley's Crusher's gorgeous oh. motherfucking bouffant. <laughs> Okay, she got it in first. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. From, you knew it was from, true. Yeah, pretty much. From the stacks of her personal silence zone in the Dank Dungeon reading room, cool, calm, collected, slapping cats wherever she goes, it's Sombrarian. <laughs> and the best part of Star Trek is that Worf reads you bedtime stories. <laughs> yeah. And you get little snuggies and hoodies. From, yeah, in Klingon Snuggy is made out of chain mail. <laughs> in his Zeppelin high above the Latvian steps, we welcome tonight Dave Von Doom. Dave, what's the coolest part about Star Trek? He didn't unmute himself. <laughs> he did not unmute himself. <laughs> Dave, you gotta click the little microphone button again. I got it. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say the coolest thing about Star Trek is probably the Vulcans because they're smarter than everybody. Green-blooded, Ch- half-computer bastards. That's the way I like them. <laughs> <laughs> joining us today, joining us is the co-producer and co-writer of Star Trek Renegade, Ethan Call. Ethan, thanks for joining us today. Hey, you're very welcome. Good to be here. Oh, you say that now, it's because you haven't heard the show. No, he has. <laughs> he's listened to part of one. He said so, and he still agreed to come on the show. We're all surprised. I did. I did. We're, we're all we're, surprised. We're surprised, yes. Uh, and joining us later on will be Manu Interan... Okay. Interami. Oh, man, don't. Interami. Interami. You say... Manu. Yeah, I knew you were going there. He was Egypt. Uh, on Voyager, he is in the cast of Star Trek Renegades, and we've got a whole bunch of stuff that we're going to talk about, including the Kickstarter project for Star Trek Renegades, the history behind how it began, uh, projects prior to it, and all the cool stuff that's happened just in the past week, with less than two weeks to go in the Kickstarter project. 
But we begin, as we begin every week, with the news of the weird, the news of the week, what's happened this week in genre. And I want to start uh, by talking about Rhode Island Comic Con, which we went to last weekend uh, in Providence, Rhode Island, at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. Which is probably the most disconcerting thing to name an event center I've ever heard in my life. But, you know, what the hell. Hey, they so, paid for it. They get to name it whatever they want. I guess. I guess. Sure, why not? I so, would have named it The Donut. <laughs> With a donut hole. The Donut brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Could have been. Anyhow, I want to thank Sue Source uh, for uh, inviting us to this wonderful event. And it was kind of huge. Kind of huge. They had, it was, they had record turnout. It was much bigger, I think, than any of us anticipated, including the security people there. <laughs> uh, we got caught in kind of a, a trampoline fight during the uh, during the cosplay event, where we were actually... I was one of the judges, and I was actually... Uh, kept out by security for about 20 minutes, which was interesting. And, and who got you in? Who got uh, you in? It was Zomperian sitting there looking, going, we need to be in there, sir. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it was very well done, young lady. Very well, well done. Why, thank you. And I, can, I can look harmless when I need to. You did a good job. <laughs> that should terrify you. It does. Uh, what else? Oh, we saw... Uh, we had a wonderful time talking with our friends at the uh, New England Horror Writers Association. And uh, <laughs> yeah, had a wonderful lunch with Christy Schoonover Peterson and Rob Watson. Other Schoonover. way around! I like it that way. <laughs> Schoonover. And Rob Watts, who's going to be on the show next week, talking about his show Rotten Apples. No, Rotten Tomatoes, Fried Green Tomatoes. Crab apples. Book. Crab apples. As opposed to what somebody else called it, which we're not going into. Although I'm sure everyone can infer. If you take the B and anyway. Um what else? Oh, our friends from Boston Comic Con, Kiss Forever were there. And I noticed you you we did not get an interview with them, even though they offered really nicely. They absolutely did not. Uh, they they did so offer very nicely. They were so <laughs> sweet to you. They actually were. They were. And they're, they're a great bunch of guys and still intimidating as all shit. <laughs> don't, don't feel a little threatened by them. <clears throat> a lot threatened. A lot threatened. Also, uh, they, they had large metal cod pieces. <laughs> yeah, and, and platform boots that make them about a foot taller than everybody else, including me. Makes them easy to find. It absolutely does. Totally. Uh, but all four of them were there this time instead of just two. It was exciting. Yeah. Bob Almond was there from the Inkwell Awards. Inky. And uh, Kriana got to kvetch and kvell about her favorite job in the entire Inkers comic profession. are the coolest people in the whole world. They are. They, they are. They, they do cool stuff. They get cool pens. No one makes fun... Well, people still make fun of you if you have ink all over your hands, but it's for a good reason, at least. <laughs> uh, Frankie B. Washington was there. Uh, 
and it looks like uh, Robot God Akamatsu is doing really, really well for him. Yeah, he had a he had a light up T shirt. It was awesome. He did. Which it you was can awesome. purchase. For, where can you purchase that? Shoot. You know, Frankie, if you're listening, shoot us an email really where, quick to tell us where you can purchase these. Where can you purchase that, Frankie? Because these are cool T-shirts. Absolutely. I want one right now. Alrighty. Uh, who else did we see there? The Underburbs guys were there? They were. They have a new issue out of the Underburbs for anyone who's interested. We love the Underburbs. Um... It was, I mean, honestly, it was a huge, huge show. And, and shout out to the costume contest participants who all did a... Uh, there were not many there that you kind of raised an eyebrow and went, really? Most of those costumes were very well thought out and had a lot of work put into them. So, and some of the costumes that were handmade were absolutely exquisite. Oh, all right, here we go, here we go. Um... Rhiannon McCullough from Broken Windmills, the web graphic novel, had her chibi Star Trek shrinky dinks. Oh, they were so awesome. cute. And she had Firefly ones, and she had Sherlock ones, and Dr. Horrible ones. Anyone else want to chime oh, in? I didn't see the Dr. Horrible Doctor ones. Dr. Who ones. Oh, yeah. So cute. So, so, so cute. Um, picked up some reading material, a book called Broken Silences by Jason Robert LeClaire. Have not read it yet, but it looks good. I'm, I'm judging the book by its cover right now. I'm judging, <laughs> and I think it's going to be good. Um, yeah, so so costume people were really cool. We had we had the duct tape Sauron, which actually came out better than it sounded right then. Uh, we had the guy with the Scott Pilgrim head. That was pretty cool. The guy who had the guy who won with the Thor costume, the headpiece that he had handcrafted was just one of the most amazing. Thor helmets I've ever seen in my life. And the, the the attention to detail in that costume was just amazing. And don't forget Dead Bat. I mean, <laughs> Dead Man? No. We, Batpool. Batpool. <laughs> Sorry, Dead Batpool. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, that was, that was definitely... The most original costume I've seen in a, in a number of years. Half Deadpool, half Batman. Dead Bat. Nice. I Dead like that. Batpool. Batpool. That's what it was. And he was just... And, you know, the nice thing... And a shout out to Shadanda for uh, running the uh, the cosplay contest. He did a great costume job. Costume contest. Keeping... It's not a cosplay contest. I'm sorry. He did a great job of, of keeping things moving. It only took an hour and a half. Nice job. There were like a million people there. Literally a million. Literally a million. Uh, we're not exaggerating in the slightest. Some of them are really adorable, too. They, what were those kids? Those three that... That, uh... that was the duct tape Sauron and, and the Witch King and the Ring Wraith. Is that not Is that what that... No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. kid. Was it? They were, yeah. they were very cute. Very cute. Even you know there weren't a lot of cutesy costumes. Even the they weren't cute. They were terrifying. They were very scary. Awesome. Oh, they were so adorable. You did not just want to cuddle them at all. No, no, no. not at all. Not at all. Not at all. So anyhow, Rhode Island Comic Con first year out of the box. Great, 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 wonderful start. You guys were terrific hosts. You put on a terrific show, and uh, 
congratulations, and next year can do nothing but get a hell of a lot better. You know what I noticed strangely at Rhode Island Comic Con? What was that? Okay, so there were a couple strange things. First of all, they had the guests right on on the floor with almost no barrier to them, which was interesting but kind of cool. Um, second of all, there were a lot of, like, extra mainstream vendors. And I'm not talking about, like, comic stores. I'm talking about, like, Barnes & Noble was there. Yeah, that was kind of odd, I guess, wasn't it? I mean, not bad, necessarily, but I've never seen Barnes & Noble get in on convention action before. And, and they actually had some really interesting stuff, too. They I did mean, you pick know, appropriate things to bring. Yeah, they they really did. I, I thought, overall... Uh, I was uh, really, really pleasantly surprised with the way it was all put together. And it was very compact, too. It wasn't, like, spread out over a huge, you know, where there was an awful lot of walking. But, uh, you know, the, the main convention hall was well put together. It was, it was, but it was small. And, and then they started packing the people in there, and it just got crazy. How many people did they say? Like 4,000 people? It's at one point, yeah. That's, and I mean, for a first year con, that's not bad. They just were not prepared for that. That I mean, it's Rhode Island, for God's sake. Really? Are there that many <laughs> people in the state? I don't think so. Evidently, there are. Uh, well, Evidently. I don't know. I think some people like us came from other places just to go. So there. anyhow, Sue, congratulations! Uh, great job to everybody at the uh, who who worked on the convention. Great job to all the artists and all the vendors and all the guests. Uh, a very nice, very welcoming event, and uh, hopefully the first of many for. Can we uh, can we add oh. someone um, to the list of people who will never be on the show because of what I'm about to say? Oh God! No, please, just one person. No. Oh come on! No. I'm scared. What's the deal with the pet guy? The pet guy. Yeah. Oh, the guy who brings the live animals to. Yeah. Oh no, that's that was just creepy. Listeners, Sorry. don't buy live animals at a convention. Please. Get them from a rescue or a reputable breeder. I mean, it just seems cruel, no? Uh, to see people walking around with little plastic cups filled with scorpions, yeah, bad idea. I mean, kind of funny if you think about it, but. Well, no. <laughs> Daddy, can I play with the scorpion, please? <laughs> No. <laughs> sure, let me buy one for you, Father of the Year. No, just, just, just bizarre. And that, I'm sorry, but that whole tortoise thing really bothered yeah, me. Yeah, there was, that, that had to be super old because it was I huge. Know. It was huge. And it was in, yeah, and just not pleasant to look at, not, not, not a good thing to Although do. Although the snakes were cool. No, they weren't, but that's okay. The snakes are awesome. <laughs> No, they weren't. But that's okay. Are, are you like Samuel L. Jackson? Why are there so many no. motherfucking snakes at this motherfucking con? Here you go. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, actually, I should add in our second guest who is ready to join us at, at... Like two minutes ago. I know. Our second guest is from the cast of Star Trek Renegades. He was Ichib in Voyager. He's reprising that role. Manu Interami. Please, God, let me have gotten that one right. I don't think so. We could try. Or maybe not. <laughs> it's still ringing. Calm down. Keep your shorts on. My shorts are on. 
I'm Manu. You're you. What you got to say? Spit it. <laughs> I think we got voicemail right there. Awesome. I will admit that's the best voicemail we've ever gotten on the show. <laughs> Possibly it is. Yes. I like that. Well, we will try him again later. At two minute we intervals. Be, we will be spitting it. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to listen back to this and be like, why are they making fun of my voicemail? No, it's a really cool voicemail. I like it. Totally cool. So anyhow, let's talk about what's, what else has been going on this week. Uh, anybody have anything? Lock and Key movie, actually a trilogy. Lock and Key movie actually happening is cool enough, but a trilogy, even better. Awesome-tastic. Yeah. It's like how they made The Hobbit into a trilogy. Fantastic. Because you can't make just one movie when you can get people to buy three tickets. (laughs) Or when you can stretch it into nine hours. See, see, Ethan, you should be taking notes here. (laughs) Why make just one? Why make one television series when you can make three? Speaking of The Hobbit. Hmm. Speaking of The Hobbit. Are we moving on from this news? Is there anything more? I don't know. Has anyone else read Lock and Key besides myself? Yeah, I've read it. Really? What happens? Who's the main character? There's a lock, there's a key. That's all I know. <laughs> you haven't read it. <laughs> nice. If I had read it, I would say, there's a lock, there's a key. Nice dome. Nice. Anytime. No one else has read it. Anyway. Go ahead, Zombrarian. comic. So, speaking of The Hobbit, <clears throat> um, this week's video is of Jeremy Telford. Uh, who's known on the internet as the balloon guy, and he spent, I think it was 40 hours and over two, and over 2,500 balloons making a balloon bag end. Like, he made a replica of bag end with a sitable chair and a table and a footstool and a fireplace and all kinds of stuff nice. out of balloons. All right, all right. Now, this begs the question... What else could we make replicas of Bag End out of? Toothpicks? Uh, popsicle sticks? Human hair? <laughs> flowers? Human. I don't know, like the Rose Parade? I don't how know. About, how, how, how about dryer lint? <laughs> it just seems like you have a lot of options there. Why yeah, balloons? Uh, why balloons? Why not? Because this guy does them with balloons. I guess. All right, I'm going to try money. I will admit that as a child, my biggest dream was to be a balloon artist. That's adorable. <laughs> try this again. Hello? Hi, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Dome, you want to redo that awesome introduction? Joining us for the remainder of the show is the gentleman who played Egypt on Voyager and is also reprising that role on Star Trek Renegades. Manu, God help me with the last name, Interamy. Oh, you did a good job! Look at you! That's one in a row. I'm really proud of you. Totally. Yes, John Delancey's name I've butchered for years. Yours I got right on the first shot. I'm actually rather proud. How does that even happen? (laughs) You should be proud of yourself. I've been on a few talk shows that, like, you know, went out to millions of folks and they butchered it so thank you for that for that and we're going out to tens of folks so you know <laughs> i don't know tens is kind hey, of ambitious man. you know they all count all the ones <laughs> twos the threes they ones all count. of people <laughs> so anyhow 
Welcome to the show. Uh, we're going to talk about Star Trek Renegades in about 10 minutes. You're welcome to sit here and join in or giggle in the background as Ethan's been doing for the past 15 minutes going, these people are insane. But <laughs> All right. So, I might just giggle. Oh, that's, that's fine. That's All right, so balloon bag end. It's like the Rose balloon Parade, but bag end and balloons. And yeah. and how about how about William Shatner? We have a lot of Star Trek. We have a lot of Star Trek news today, and Me it's too. completely a coincidence. Did not plan this. Um, of course not. William Shatner never came out with, anything. William <laughs> Shatner came out this week with his own slam poetry app. God bless oh you, God. William Shatner. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, you came back from shit my dad says, just on fire. <laughs> like, I, it's called chateauetry. And you've got it, right? And no, you, I know I don't. No, come on, <laughs> you know you've got I, it. Well, maybe. <laughs> Tell me this is some kind of a joke. It's, 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 it's not a joke, it's totes for reals. <laughs> Shatner has a slam poetry app for your phone? It just came out t this week. I don't believe it. It's true. <laughs> well, I'm on the onion or something. I don't even believe it. No, no. We're actually posting the link on the website so that you can download oh. it right from us. <laughs> that sounds just awful. Yeah, it probably is. What do you do with it? You do... I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't actually have it. Let me. Look, I'm gonna look it up right now. See if I can get my shat on. <laughs> the show has devolved. Devolved? No, we're actually right where we're supposed to be. Wow, it's three that. whole dollars. I don't know if I want to pay three dollars for this. I don't know for Shatner. No, it is probably not. Probably I don't. Probably I don't, but... You probably just get to hear Shatner do poetry slams. Oh, okay, so from the screenshots, I can see it's kind of like they've got, like, magnetic poetry, and then I think they have an AI that he reads it in his voice, at least I hope. <clears throat> it can't be anything worse than when Ben Bova was reading uh, Isaac Asimov's Dirty Limericks to All him. right, all right, stop it. And well, no, it could actually be worse than it that. It could, because you can you can pick different poses of of his picture that go better with your with your little poem. Good God! Well, one of the screenshots, I kid you not, says how to chateauitize. Chateauitize? Chateauitize. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that even means anything. Is that actually a word? Was that actually no. a question? It means to slow down and pause and slow down and speed up and pause and slow down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, that happened. And I, I, I read a whole article about it because I thought there was going to be a punchline at the end. And the punchline was that, you know, he just hadn't felt hours. right doing any other apps. But this one felt right. So, there's that. <clears throat> so, everyone, our... I think what we've learned here tonight is that yes, chateauetry is worth it because it's worth the three dollars for the entertainment of telling people about the app you have on your phone <laughs> and then watching their faces as you show it to them. I don't know. I, I still kind of like Angry Beavers, you know, or Angry Birds. Sorry. 
Beavers or something like that. Oh, I was going to say, the show has devolved. Angry Beavers. <laughs> Spooty. Uh, which brings us to the second Trek uh, event, uh, IO9's top five best quotes from Star Trek Captain's Reunion. Uh, okay, these at, were pretty uh, awesome. Uh, some of them were. Some of them were. Oh, okay, you just is this the is this the uh, what quotes from the festival in in London? Yes, yes. You you just don't okay. like it because because um, Avery Brooks kind of looked silly, and you have a bromance going with his idea. I do have a bromance going with his idea. You're absolutely right. Uh, I no. was at that show. That show was crazy, man. I I don't think I'd ever seen as crazy of a Star Trek event ever. There was like 30,000 people there. It was nuts. Wow. They just pulled all the actors out on stage like monkeys and we stood there and then they clapped and then they shoot us all off. <laughs> <laughs> dance, monkeys, dance. <laughs> Doing their Richard Palmer imitations anyway. <laughs> nice. Oh. oh. Well, usually everybody chats, says a little something, you know, uh, but no, they were just like, it just announced everybody, and we all walked out in the line and bowed and walked out. <laughs> wait, wait, Dome, did you just say Richard Bomber? Did I? I don't know. <laughs> were, you, I got the were you subconsciously right calling him a dick? Because <laughs> <laughs> his name is Steve, just saying. Whatever. Assuming you were talking about the Microsoft executive. Doing the dance monkey dance routine. Of course I was. Yeah, that's okay. I'm gonna go with unconsciously calling him a dick. <laughs> unconsciously, absolutely. I got nothing against Microsoft. That uh, angry beavers and Dick Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a theme happening here. Do you think? <clears throat> and he hasn't hung up yet, so let's just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Finish the news quickly. <laughs> Are, are we on? Wait, are we are we finished with news, or do we have some more news? I don't know. Are we finished with news? We didn't oh, actually uh, talk about any of the quotes, but that's cool. People can go read them and be amused by themselves. Yeah, definitely, we'll be amused. Uh, we could talk about Neil Gaiman doing another Doctor Who episode, but it's about the Cybermen, so I'd rather not. And it's uh, Neil Gaiman, so why bother? Oh yeah, he'll never be on the show, thanks to you. Yeah, like, that's good because I don't really like him. I noticed that. You don't uh, like Neil Gaiman? I really don't. Yeah, I know. I don't know why I'm marrying her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just nev never weird. read anything by him that I've been able to stomach. And yes, I've read American Gods. <laughs> That's always the next question. It's always the next... I, just... I like his comic book. It's all about the Sandman in my book. Everything else is just, uh, you know, fodder. Everything else is just Dick Palmer and Angry Beavers, but the fans. <laughs> That's going to be a new thing now. We've made a thing. It's going to go in there with colon and absolutely. And then um, what was it? Uh, Alf and and Alf and, and Jennifer Lopez fan fiction. Black <laughs> fan fiction. Yikes! Don't ask me where that one came from, but that was scary enough. Oh, uh, I, and I want to mention: if not you're sad. not watching Misfits on Hulu. You're missing one of the best television shows around right now. Uh, it's probably the best British science fiction show happening right now, and it is just amazingly cool. 
Okay, okay, uh, so I want to I hit one more news item before we move on to the poll. Okay, um, sure. Because I see that you have here down a science fact, and this is one of my favorite things about science fact articles, when the title is a question, and usually the question can be answered as no. So I'm guessing NASA is not sending people back to the moon? Actually, you're wrong. NASA is, in fact, planning five new manned moon missions. How fucking cool is that that's pretty cool but now i want to ask i want to take a poll i volunteer as tribute (laughs) who who here has been to a con where there have been actual astronauts present i actually was at dinner with with um buzz aldrin about a year ago sitting right next to him chatting up while he was hammered drunk (laughs) and i shit you not can I say that? I yeah, you can. You, I Shatner you not. <laughs> um, that he turned to me and told me that if he, as soon as he believes that as soon as we establish a buffing system to a colony on Mars, the aliens will get in touch with us. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Now... Now, I'm a conspiracy guy, you know, I'm into UFOs, I'm into, I think we're on the moon already with bases and missiles and blah, blah, blah. I think NASA's a front corporation for what's really going on in the black ops world. But this is Buzz Aldrin staring at me, telling me, God, this guy was on the moon. I kept having to try to touch him, you know, I, I kept having to think of reasons to touch him. I kept high-fiving him and, you know, just because I was like, that, that body's been on the moon. If, but if Buzz... If you know, if this is an astronaut, a guy that was out there telling me that aliens are watching us, I, I was hooked. Wow. I, I, well, okay, so that was a much better story than what I was going to tell. So let's leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, it's funny because we had Stanton Friedman on one night, and Stanton is like big UFO guy, and one of my best friend yeah. is a, uh, a member of this huge skeptics association, and he's telling me, oh. Man, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be able to rip him apart. You're gonna have so much fun with him. And uh, wow, he's a well reasoned gentleman. Well, he didn't say anything particularly crazy on the show. Well, he he's, he's, he said some interesting stuff not on the show, but nothing right, particularly he, crazy while we were speaking with him. And in point of fact, actually debunked a lot of other stuff. Well, he didn't say anything other- particularly yeah. crazy while he was on the show. <laughs> Stan, you're welcome back anytime, man, to be as crazy or as uncrazy as you'd like. Well, sure. Absolutely. And let's do the poll. Dan Friedman is welcome over we here, regret. too, if you want us to come just hang around and chat. I, oh, I, I hell yeah. He's, he's a very cool guy to just sit and talk to, let me tell you. Uh, yeah, I bet. Which brings us to the poll? this week's poll. All right, all right. I'm... Brought to you by Kriana. Oh, jeez. All right, well, <laughs> I'm, like, literally in pain over here, because this was, like, our worst poll ever. Like, what was our goal to break, like, 100 people voting in our poll? And this this week, we got a measly 10. <laughs> it was a horrible question, apparently. And whose question was it? It, it was, you have failed it us. It was my question. Okay, so all the times that I got shit for questions... <laughs> Usually I do good questions, so this is the outlier. Dome, you, you're, you're just an outlier on your own. Oh, Alright, yeah, so okay. my question was, because we were talking about this on the show, what horror movies did you watch this Halloween that you're embarrassed that you haven't watched earlier? And uh, for Zombrarian and I, it was Cabin in the Woods. We we hadn't seen it, and we finally got to watch it a, 
couple of weeks ago. You didn't like Cabin in the no, Woods? No, no, we loved it. it. We loved it. We were just embarrassed that we hadn't oh. watched it before. We were sad that we didn't get to Oh, God, it. you should be. That was a brilliant movie. We have deep shame. Oh, my God. We, we really loved deep it. deep shame here in this household, let me tell and, you. And you should have. Yeah. So anyhow, coming in at number three. Okay, but there is no number three. <laughs> There, there's no a six-way tie for second place, <laughs> <laughs> and and one winner. So, um, I haven't so coming in first, second. First, second is called Dead and Breakfast. I've never seen that movie or heard of that movie. Dave, if you've ever heard of any of these movies, chime right in and tell us whether they suck or not. I don't. Uh, I don't, I don't know. know. Sounds good. <laughs> no, I like dead things for breakfast, mainly pigs. Yeah. Bacon. Oh, bacon. 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 Um, well, if it's a movie about bacon, bacon and it's probably good. That eat you back. Yeah. In Soviet <laughs> Russia. Bacon eats you. <laughs> all right. All right. Second, second place. Night of Living Dead, which I have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, that is embarrassing. Movie. Anyone who has not yet seen... Night of the Living Dead and is over like thirteen years old. Shame on you. Shame on you. Well, you need this to see this person has now seen it, but they were embarrassed about it apparently. All right, next one is The Right. I've never seen that one. Which is the sequel to the movie The Left. Oh, Both of which suck, oh, but that's that was horrible. Thank you. Wah, wah. Who do you think you are? Anyway, uh, sound effects. <laughs> yeah. All right, the next one: Grave Encounters. Never heard of it. No. Um, next one, Near Dark. That was an okay movie. I've heard of Near Dark. Not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination, but what the hell. So whoever didn't see that one until just now, don't feel too embarrassed. No, not at all. Uh, and the last the last second place winner is The Testament of Dr. Mabuse. What? I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. Somebody nominated it. We put it in. Uh, no, somebody voted for it or I wouldn't have read it. So those all got one vote. <clears throat> Yay. That guy second was some place. guy that, that made a movie in a basement and called it that and wanted it to be on your show for some that, reason. That's happened more than once. Uh, what was that, yeah. Lichen Colony movie? Oh, sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> be nice. Twilight? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> And add them to the list of people who will never be on the show because we oh, insult thank them God. too much. <laughs> um, yeah, we're not missing anything. Moving on, the actual winner was... Was, in fact, Cabin in the Woods because Lombrarian and I both voted for it. <laughs> <laughs> we win! <laughs> so, and, and two other people. <laughs> so, hey, we Cabin have in the Woods was a perfect... It was a perfect film. It was so... I mean, everything about that movie was great. The unicorn death, great. <laughs> the unicorn oh, death, the unicorn well, death you know was Kiana great. what and I were saying? In the first... We watched the first, I don't know, maybe five, maybe ten minutes. And we were like, this is so comfortable. You feel comfortable in that movie because it's like revisiting all your favorite Joss Whedon episodes of things. Well, it just he has a particular oh. way of writing and you know it when you hear it. Even if you didn't know he made that movie, you would know he made that movie because you can just tell by the way it's written, by the way it's blocked out, it's something the about pacing, it. Pacing. Yeah. Just no, okay, the pacing was a little weird because so we were watching it at home and we're like, we know how long this movie is. 
<clears throat> why are people dying off so fast? So we were suspicious right at the beginning there. Because people just started dying really It was like, quick. bam, 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 dead, dead, dead. And then you're like, something is going on here. And we were right. Yes, it was. <laughs> and then, you know, at the end, of course, I was like, yeah, well, this doesn't feel like Wolfram and Hart at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Hmm. It was a it was a really good two hour Angel episode without Angel, but but there were some really great surprises too. Like it felt comfortable, and there's something to you're be like, said okay, for I Angel know this, and then Angel. yeah, saying. right, right, right from the beginning, I I was I I pretty much knew I got it. I, I figured out what was going on, but I didn't care. And it was like you saw all the other classic horror films that. He, yeah, he must have seen as a kid, and he was doing all his homages to. And oh, I was so good, man! I, I love hell full of all the different monsters and just every single. It was a perfect film as far as cinematography and acting and story, and it was just so. And it, and then to get to have uh, Alien Girl in the end too. Oh, come on, Sigourney Weaver come out. Fantastic. Oh, that was yeah. <laughs> you know what it reminded me of that that movie Paul about the. Uh, the alien. The alien. Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver actually has a, a cameo in that one as well. She's had better yeah. cameos lately in great films. Yeah. Just just terrific stuff. I like the merman. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, come on. That was yeah. fantastic. Oh, that was fantastic. Was. That was really fantastic. I'll never get to see a merman. Come on, that was great. You knew it, you knew it yeah. was coming. It had to happen. It had to. And you knew it had to happen, but that didn't make it any less awesome. And his yeah. face when it did happen, he was like, "Oh, you shitting me." The casting was fantastic. <laughs> it was. Yeah, Bradley Whitford, man, that, that guy's great. He's a underused talent. But I feel like he's been in everything I've liked. Yeah, he was, you know, he's, he's, he's been he's, in a he lot. He works a lot, but people don't really know. You say the name Bradley Whitford, a lot of people don't know who you're talking about. But, but you, show him a picture of, you show him a picture of Brad Whitford, and they go, oh, that guy. Yeah. I've seen him in this. That and this guy and from this and that. And right, yeah. exactly. He did exactly. a great show that was only on for like a season with uh, Colin Hanks. Um, I can't remember what it was, but there were two cops. It was the movie version of the the TV. It was the TV version of the movie the the other guys. Yeah, that's it. And yeah, it was actually very a very funny uh, uh, Fox comedy that Fox decided once again to chop Fox. up. <laughs> There's another Fox. Fox. Never. <laughs> Speaking never of chateauetry. <laughs> so let's let's segue out of out of. For some reason, talking about Cabin in the Woods for the past ten minutes. Sorry. To a movie that has Walter Koenig, Tim Russ, Gary Graham, Garrett Wang, Larissa Gomes, Tara Page, Robert Picardo, Ethan Phillips, Manu Interemi, ha, that's twice, Richard Hurd, and all kinds of other people, which is like. <laughs> Possibly the best Star Trek movie ever? <laughs> is it a movie we'll or is it a pilot? Or is it both? Oh, It could be both. This is an existential question. It is an existential question. So joining us are Manu Interemi and Ethan Kalt to talk about Star Trek Renegades and where it began, how it happened, why it happened, and what it is. Ethan, 
Take it away, yes, Ethan. All right. <laughs> What's up? Oh, am I on? <laughs> I mean, yeah, are you are you going to ask a question or I'm just no? You, you know what? Wow. No, because uh, you know I just did the setup and here you, go. you know I came across Star Trek Renegades on Kickstarter, mm -hmm. which is my favorite place to look for cool shit that I like, and I just kind of went. Uh, this looks really interesting because you had a whole bunch of Trek alumni doing what looks to be either a Trek film or a Trek series or possibly both. So we, how did this happen? Where did it come from? We, we got the idea. We're, we're also the team, almost every one of us, uh, with the team who made Star Trek of Gods and Men, which was uh, meant to be a 40th anniversary a tribute to the original series uh, we shot back we shot that back in 2006 it was released in 07 or 08 all on the internet and on the last day of shooting we were at the Laurel Canyon stages out there in, in LA and we were shooting on their sets they have these kind of a derelict ship sets and we were shooting there and we were just kind of sitting around and saying hey you know why don't these sets are kind of different they're way different than anything we've ever seen in star trek what if we do some kind of star trek that's way different where crew might have to work outside of what's going on in starfleet and it just kind of grew from there so we kind of got inspired by those sets a little bit and by what we were doing on of gods and men and kind of tossed ideas around here and there we even had an idea of crowdfunding three or four years ago, but there was nothing like Kickstarter or Indiegogo or anything. So we really couldn't figure out how to do it. And then now that Kickstarter is up and running and, and pretty big and popular, we thought, okay, this is the right time. So you came, came up with the idea, and what's the basic storyline of Star Trek Renegades? Well, it's going to follow a crew that, how shall I say it, it We've, we've gotten a little flack about it because everybody thinks this is all dark and, and different and not part of Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future, and we're straying away from that, but we're really not. You know that to keep this vision of the future and to keep this positive future, there, there have to be people that do the dirty jobs to keep us safe, and so that's what we're trying to do, tell the story of these this crew, these people who have to do these dirty jobs and have to do things that they may not normally do or may not want to do, but they know it's necessary just to keep the Federation, to keep Starfleet together. Yeah, you know what's funny with the, the whole thing? There's, there, there seems to be a 50-50 split in the fan base between people that e either think that this film, that film, this series, that series is truly a vis original vision of Roddenberry and and this episode isn't that is and I don't buy into any of it because truthfully Star Trek has always been in every episode a positive look look at outlook at the future as far as you know not using money and and r racism being gone et cetera. But at the same time, there's always been war in it, and there's always been villains, and there's always been blood and guts and death and phasers. And, you know, um, it's always funny to me when people go, oh, that's not his vision. I'm like, well, I saw the movies that guy made, and, um, you know, they were filled with violence. 
and the guns are not good people. I, th- um, I think anyone so, who claims to know what his vision is needs a little sanity check there, because <laughs> last time I checked, yeah. you're not him, sweetie. <laughs> the only one who comes close is actually Rod Roddenberry, who, who freely admits that he rebelled so much against his father when they were growing up that he never really paid attention to it. Hmm. Yeah, right. Mm. right. So, Star Trek Renegades is another logical offshoot of the Star Trek universe. But it's not sanctioned by Paramount, is it? Or No, what, what we're trying to do with it is we're trying to shoot a pilot to show to CBS as a possible online series. We know there's probably no chance whatsoever to get it on CBS. Maybe very, very little or no chance of getting it on any kind of cable outlet. But things are moving toward online, pay-per-view, things like iTunes downloads or or video on demand. And so we're kind of thinking that's where things are going. You already see uh, online series popping up here and there. So that's where I think the future is and where things are going. So we're looking to do this as a pilot to show CBS in hopes to get an, an online series. And you know what? what um, and you know, I, I would say you guys should push it, all, you know, all the way if you take that meeting. Because um, as far as you know, a new show goes, I think the fans would love a new show that was based uh, around Earth. That, that you could include cast members from all five of the, the series, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the Renegades is perfect for that. You know, you could, every week you could have a new guest actor. Uh, a new, you know, a new character brought back from from the older um, shows, and uh, even a, a season of that character's appearance. And I think that I think every week the fans would be like, "Yes, they're bringing back Blankety Blank." Yes, they're bringing back. You know, there's all these clubs out there on the internet that bring back Janeway, bring back Odo, bring back you know, and we could. Oh hell yeah, there are. Back. You mean Warehouse Thirteen? Oh, no. um, oh sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, well, and that's not that's not to say if we get the meeting with CBS, we're going to turn it down. But we're just just trying yeah. to be realistic. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I I wouldn't blame um, you if you did though. I mean, just just you got to be good to yourself. You got to. I mean. It may not be Roddenberry's vision, but it's your vision, and that's cool. We right. like your vision. Cool. We're voting yeah. with our money. We like your vision. At least I am, personally. Well, 1,148 awesome. people have already voted with their money to this point, which is ridiculous in terms of crowd fu- crowdfunding. Cloud, cloud funding? Did you just coin that? <laughs> just Did I? Now? I think so. It's a new term. It's mine. I'm copyright the dome. It's crowdfunding. <laughs> Can I copyright that? No. I just, I just did. So I mean, you know, and, and it's difficult enough to find an audience, even even on Kickstarter. I mean, you've got to be fairly savvy to get that kind of momentum. From, uh, well, to be honest with you, Michael Dorn had a uh, Kickstarter project a couple right. of months back, mm-hmm. and didn't get it funded. No, I think they pulled it early. They even did. They did pull like, it early because yep. they knew they weren't going to make it, and it was really sad because I really wanted my Friends of Wharf T-shirt. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, what's more snuggly than that? Right. <laughs> I. 
I just Petals. had something to say, but then completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> when you thought about Snuggly Wharf, it's okay. Yeah, I know. We all get yeah, that. Yeah, the Wharf thing just threw a wrench right into my brain. <laughs> it's my specialty, apparently. So, uh, Manu, how did you how did you get involved in this project? What drew you to it? For the tens of thousands of people out there, it's Manu. But that's, I'm sorry. Um, that's okay. Um, it's fine. Um, how did I get involved in Renegades? How did that happen? Um, I some I don't remember how the project slipped into my frame of reference. I knew Sky Conway, who's involved in it from from uh, doing a couple of his events, and I can't. To, to be honest with you, I can't remember how I heard about it. But once I did hear about it. I just reached out and said, wow, that sounds cool. Um, you know, I've always wanted to do, you know, a, a look into the... I, I liked the the idea that, that there was corruption high in the Federation and that this team of, of you know, um, characters that we've known to love have to, you know, sort of become rebels or whatever to do what they've got to do. Um, sounded exciting. And um, also, in the, in the original series that I was on, Voyager... Um, we only saw one small version of Ejeb grown up, and it was on an episode called Shattered. And Ejeb had, had been stuck in astrometrics for like 40 years, and he'd grown up to be kind of a wimpy, sort of geeky guy. And it bummed me out, because I thought Ejeb would be a badass when he got older. So, um, <laughs> Glad to help uh, out so there. That's, I, yeah, so I think I, the storyline so far is Ejeb is involved in Renegade, Renegades. Um, I'm not, I don't want to share too much, but it's badass. Each of a badass, so I'm ready to strap the costume back on for the show. Awesome. Enough said, I think. Go. Yeah. Yep. So, Ethan, from your point of view, once you began to crowdfund this and began working on the script, did you reach out to other members in the Star Trek community? Did they reach out to you? Uh, you know, how does one go about saying, getting Walter Koenig to don the uniform one last time? Well, Walter is a good friend of Sky's. They've been friends for years and years. And I think Sky just kind of called him up and said, hey, would you like to be part of this? And Walter's pretty much retired. He, you know, he just got his uh, star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And maybe looking for something to do I don't know if that's the if that's the real reason but Sky just called him up and said hey you want to be part of this and he said sure and I think that's the same way with Tim Russ and and I think Tim called Garrett Wong and got him involved and maybe a couple of others and so just our little network of of people who know each other a lot of them from Voyager um, it, it does seem to be more more Voyager people than anything but that's just because that's who Tim knows and just kind of reach out to these people and say hey we're doing this project what do you think and they said yeah we're in so prerequisite yeah and I think awesome all of them friend. had probably had, all of them had probably seen of gods and men and gods and men was such a you know I thought a, a phenomenal job of uh, you know one of the, the one of the better Star Trek offshoots that, that weren't paramount made um, so as soon as we heard it's by the gods and men folks Everybody knew good quality projects, so I think it's probably where we all jumped on board. Right. So sorry, yep. don't prerequisite you. is being awesome good friends with lots of people from Star Trek. <laughs> Clearly, um, <laughs> so there's no, there's no, no more. Could be. 
Hate to burst your plans there. There's there's no part for me. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Pissing me off, but I'll, I'll survive. <laughs> you know, about, about six months ago, uh, we had one of the original writers from uh, the original series, Norman Spinrad, on, uh, who was busy uh, having uh, a very difficult time with J.J. Abrams and what he's doing right now and basically went off on him for about 20 minutes and went <laughs> uh, because of uh, Abrams insistence that while he's doing movies there will be no television shows to quote dilute the franchise uh, which is kind of ridiculous but you know, according to Norman anyway so how how do you get well I didn't even know that was the case that's that's wild yeah, uh, well, according to Norman, it was. <laughs> but then again, according to Norman, J.J. Uh, Abrams was also responsible for that, that Wally film, which he wasn't, but that's okay. <laughs> Careful. So I, I, you know, I personally heard that he, he didn't want to, to use uh, actors from the shows, but I didn't know he didn't want to have shows on during uh, the period when Wally was making films. I don't know if that's true or not. Does, do you? Anyone else? No? All I can do is take Norman's word for it because he did kind of emphatically go after that one for a while. So I, I guess I'm wondering, you know, in a, in a time when big companies are very much protective of their franchises, uh, how is Paramount and CBS letting this happen? Well, as, as long as we don't make any profit from this and every cent of this money we get it from Kickstarter is going directly into the production. Of course, you know, we have to rent sets, we have to build sets, costumes, props. We do have to pay the actors, but uh, every bit of it, there's not a company that's making a profit from it. And as long as that's the case, they kind of let that go. There's all those different Star Trek fan films out there that, that operate under that umbrella as long as you don't make a profit so that's where that's what we're doing here we have a big big paragraph there that about that and so we're okay as, the as cool, long the, yeah yep. the, the, the cool thing about our uh, particular fan film if you want to call it that is almost everybody that's working on it including cameramen and digital effects artists and etc are all guys that worked on the real show so Right, right. We got that on everybody else. Gonna have that authentic mm -hmm. Star Trek feel. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The some of the some of the people are reprising their characters. Some of them are not that we have, but um, so we have people that know their characters forward and backward. I mean, how 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 much better can you get with forty five years of experience with Walter Koenig? Mm, you cannot. Absolutely <laughs> cannot. Yeah. Right. Not sure you can do much better than that. No. Yeah. Well, if you cloned him three times. True. Yeah, yep. could be. That would do it. That would absolutely well, do it. Well, epigenetically speaking, they wouldn't be exactly the same. <laughs> Thank you, madam biologist. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So I want to know what's next. I know there's, what, two weeks left on the uh, Kickstarter campaign? About About two weeks, correct. So what comes after that? If we make our goal, then we it takes a few, it takes a week or two for the money to come through. Then we just start our pre-production. We start planning, uh, finalizing the script, 
finalizing locations, start looking for locations, start building sets, getting the costumes going and everything like that. So just the standard pre-production sh- when, we, when we make our goal. So, and in so order for to make uh, the sky, and do you guys know when you would tentatively, if you made the goal, want to begin the shooting? Oh, it's it's. We're looking at spring of next year. I'm not sure whether that would be March or April or May. We're not quite sure, but it's kind of spring is is what we're saying. Yeah. Okay. So. So. Exciting. For our yeah. listener who hasn't seen your project yet, because I know we've talked about this a couple of times already on the show in the past few weeks. Um. Can you give us an overview of the fabulous rewards you have available for Kickstarter backers? <laughs> well, we, we start out with small things for, for any kind of pledge, and we're going to have a movie poster created, and we're going to have exclusive online content, and so that's, that's the basic things. We have anything from digital downloads of the of the movie to special edition DVDs. We even have an all-digital package for people. This was suggested by someone overseas that didn't want to pay the extra shipping. So we have digital downloads of this movie and of Gods and Men and the soundtracks. Um, I love that you call it the Dr. Zimmerman all-digital award, yeah. <laughs> too. That was just, just inspired. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, we have t-shirts. We have autograph packages we have uh, a level where you get a custom made handmade prop hand prop that we're actually going to use in the in the movie they haven't been created yet of course but but we know that we're going to have some obviously uh let's see what else so we have a spend a day on the set where you can come out and yeah, just there you go Yep, spend a day, be on the set, look around, be introduced to everybody, get your pictures taken with everybody. Uh, and then we go on up to um, to uh, even being an, a featured extra. You can, you can uh, have a walk-on role, or you can even be an associate producer on the film. Well, that is quite the range. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could be a red shirt. Oh. That's true. You that could one, be a red shirt. And somebody's it. already bought that. Yes. Oh man! <laughs> well, if if somebody emails us and wants to, we can probably find another person to kill in the script. So. Probably. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, 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 hey! I don't know if that is if that if if, if killing too many people is 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 Rodney's original vision. <laughs> Thank you. I, I didn't think of that. Sorry. Yeah, we can't go. Rod, Roddenberry, Roddenberry was one one red shirt per episode, not two. Yeah, come oh. on. Well, if it's more than forty-seven minutes, it counts as a double episode. There we go. There we, okay, problem okay. solved. All right. All right. <laughs> we have fourteen days left for you to pledge for Star Trek Renegades. We will have. On our website, links to the Kickstarter project, links to their Facebook page, links to anything you might possibly want to know about Star Trek Renegades. Check it out. We're backing it because it's cool. How can we get weirder right now? I feel like we could get a little weirder. Um... If, if, if you decide to pledge $5,000 or more, Monumente Raymate will give you a sexy back rub. Ha <laughs> <laughs> 
And that, that... Man, man, that, man or woman. You heard it here first, I suppose. You, you heard it on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. This is special. And then, parts. and then, and then, Uh-oh. I will feed you jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Jelly bellies. How you could possibly say no to that, nor I'm, why you would possibly say no to that. I'm typing it into Kickstarter right now. <laughs> not, not, not just jelly beans, jelly bellies. <laughs> oh, the fancy jelly beans. The there fancy we go. Jelly Are we required beans. to say, like, no we are not sponsored by Jelly Belly in any way? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, wish well, I was, though. Holy exactly. moly, could I. Mm. You know, you guys should reach out to them now. Be like, hey. <laughs> We we want to make a Star Trek Renegades jelly bean flavor. I bet they do it. And everyone on Hang the on. ship is constantly eating jelly bellies out of little bowls placed strategically around the bridge. Oh my god! god that was... jelly beans. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but not like What's the gross ones. They have to be the good flavors. Yes, yeah. that would be awesome. <laughs> Triple flavor. Absolutely. But the bloodline one would have to have like serious iron filings in it because that's how a Klingon would eat a jelly bean. <laughs> True. <laughs> Ethan, Manu, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. Absolutely. Are we you. Done? The project is Star Trek Renegades and and be there, check it out. We're uh we're winding down the show. Kriana. What? Here we go. That's what I, I was looking for. I did for. it. I did the thing. Yeah. Jeez. What's happening in the next couple of weeks? Well, we have an extensive list for the coming up calendar. <laughs> next week on uh, October 17th, Rob Watts returns. And then after that, yeah. who knows? <laughs> Surprise mystery guests for the rest of November and December. In other words, we haven't booked anybody yet, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Sci-Fi Saturday Night at the official podcast of Boston Comic-Con, of Granite State Comic-Con, and Comic Art House. Join Bob and Kim at Comic Art House for the finest in comic endeavors. Or something like that. What? That's, that's I don't know. what he says, usually. I, He's like, visit Bob and Kim for artwork from your favorite artists or something? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Sorry, Bob and Kim. Sorry, Bobby Kim. We'll we'll get back to you on on how better to do that shortly. Uh, it's been an interesting evening. It's been an interesting evening. Um, Star Trek Renegades and 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 the usual crew here from the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana and Grammar Girl Zombrarian. Thank you so much for joining us. What I want to know is, can each have have an awesome motherfucking bouffant? <laughs> An awesome. awesome motherfucking Groupon? Buffont, like Wesley Crusher's. <laughs> a Buffon oh, that Buffon. holds a bowl of jelly. Uh, yes! <laughs> exactly. And from his Zeppelin high above the Latvian steps, thank you, Dave Von Doom, for joining us tonight. Hopefully, next time you're with us, you'll talk a little more. Thank you for having <laughs> me, and I hope I talk more next time, too. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dome saying genie shared pain is less and shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everyone.
I know.